You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head. And a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country. A villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. What up, Raider Nation? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast on this Tuesday, November 19th. 2019. Today is the day that I'll be flying out to El Paso with Little Q. Well, actually, I'll be flying out to El Paso before Little Q gets there. He'll be flying out from Fresno. I'll be flying out from Central Texas. He's going on his official visit to UTEP. I'm really excited about that. Going to have a big basketball game tonight against New Mexico State, and we will both be in the house to check it out. I'm just glad and excited and fired up to be able to go and uh, you know take this journey with him, ride on this journey with him, and uh, yeah, just be along for the ride. Like I mentioned, it's going to be a lot of fun, so very, very excited for him. Uh, thanks to everybody who's hit me up on Twitter and said, you know, shout out to Little Q. Uh, a lot of people hit me up on Twitter, especially after his mom tweeted a picture of him and what he was about to do. And then I kind of retweeted it or quote tweeted it and said, yeah, I can't wait to go on this journey. And a lot of people, a lot of the uh, faithful Locked On Raider podcast listeners reached out and said, hey, you know, congratulations and good luck to Little Q and all that good stuff. So I think that's really, really cool. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. Going to have a really good show today. Before I get into the show and tell you what's going to come up on the show, let me tell you about DoorDash and that you need to treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you. And you can do that right now with DoorDash. All Locked On Raider podcast listeners get $5 off their first order of 15 or more dollars when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? That's fine. If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Now, coming up on the show today that we got this business and that business taken care of, coming up on the show today in segment number three, I'm going to do like I always do, give you the call straight off that Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Again, 707-654-4693. In segment number two, I'm going to break down John Gruden's media session from Monday. He met with the media, answered questions about the game on Sunday, about players on the roster. He made a roster announcement. Uh, talking about the game upcoming with the Jets. I mean, he talked all things Raiders football. He did that on Monday, and I broke it down. I broke it down into maybe like seven or eight clips. It was probably a 14 to 15-minute media session, but like I said, probably give you about seven or eight of the clips from there, stuff that I thought and I found to be pretty interesting. Going to bring that to you in segment number two. Here in segment number one, I want to give you the news and the notes of the day. And off top, John Gruden announced that the Raiders have signed linebacker Preston Brown. He was actually released last week by the Bengals. He actually worked out last week with the Raiders, but he was signed on Monday. He turned 27 at the end of October. He's played in nine games so far this season with Cincinnati, had 54 tackles, a forced fumble, been in the league since 2014 when he played with the Bills for four seasons, and then uh, he went over to Cincinnati. Actually, those games with uh, Buffalo, those seasons with Buffalo, those were his better days. But uh, played in seven games in 2018 with the Bengals and nine this season before they released him and it's funny and I mentioned this when they did release him because there was a lot of people on Twitter talking about go sign him Raiders go sign him need to go get him they actually the Bengals that is gave him a three-year extension in March 
then turn around and cut him in November. So to me, that tells me all you that you really need to know. And if you remember the crossover edition of the podcast last week with the Cincinnati Bengals, with the guy who covers the Cincinnati Bengals, he said that Preston Brown's biggest issue was in coverage. He said he was a liability in coverage. So that's not a good sign because the Raiders need linebackers that can cover. Uh, That's one of the biggest weaknesses of the Raiders linebackers right now. He is a guy who's been known to be a tackling machine. You know, he is a guy, like I said, he had 54 tackles and nine games played so far for Cincinnati. So he looks like he's really good at that. He's still fairly young, just turned 27. But again, it just is a big red flag for me when it's a coverage, a liability in coverage, and you just give the guy a three-year contract extension and then you cut him just a few months later. That kind of worries me, kind of bothers me and says, you know what? I don't know what this guy's really going to be able to bring to the table. So I know I have John Gruden's press conference coming up, his media session coming up in segment number two, but since I'm talking about Preston Brown, John Gruden was asked about Preston Brown and what can he bring to the table? I'm sure that's what everyone's question is. A lot of people hit me up on Twitter. Q, what do we know about this guy? Well, here's John Gruden. This is what he's thinking Preston Brown's going to bring to the Oakland Raiders. Well, he's 27 years old. Um, We really liked him coming out of Louisville. He had three straight 100 tackle seasons as a Buffalo Bill. Went to Cincinnati, and um, obviously things didn't work out. But he has the intangibles, first of all, that you look for in a middle linebacker. He's charismatic. He's intelligent. Physical guy. Football junkie. And he's been productive in the league. Well, Put him in the room with Lippincott and Gunther, see if he can get caught up quickly, and we'll try to fast-track him. Also, Dwayne Harris, the veteran kick returner, punt returner, he's been dealing with ankle and knee issues all season long. He's actually been placed on IR. His season's over, and most likely his Raiders career, if not his NFL career. And if you remember, he's had his moments to shine as a Raider. I mean, he wasn't a bum, the team that just picked up off the, off the street and just threw on the roster just because. He was very good and very smart in the kick return game, the punt return game, and You always remember, everyone will always remember, if he never plays another down for the Raiders or any other NFL team, there was always that Monday night football game last season versus the Broncos when he set the tone for the game, that 100-yard punt return touchdown that many believe was going to be the final game ever at the Coliseum. That was the one last year, Monday night football. He really set the tone for that game with that big, smart play that he made and took it back 100 yards, and uh, the Raiders went on to win that game. But I I always thought that that was the biggest tone-setter moment of that game was that kick return to that punt return. He did a heck of a job with that. So if anything else, if there's nothing else ever to come from Dwayne Harris, he'll always have that moment. Another piece of news that dropped, the Raiders game on December 1st versus the Chiefs. That's two weeks from now. It's actually been flexed by the NFL to go from being a 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff to a 425 game. And the Steelers-Browns game has been moved to that 1 p.m. slot. So the Raiders are making enough noise to get the NFL to flex another one of their games to move it to later in the afternoon. You remember, they flexed the Raiders-Houston Texans game when it was played in Houston. It was supposed to be a 1 o'clock kickoff, and it ended up being a 425 kickoff on the East Coast. So what else that means is that the Raiders' last 1 p.m. Eastern or 10 a.m. West Coast start game will be this Sunday versus the Jets. The rest of the season, they have all 425 Eastern starts. So they all play in the afternoon later on after this game on Sunday versus the Jets. So that's a positive sign for anyone who doesn't like those 10 a.m. West Coast kickoffs. And I've never been a big fan of them. I never thought that the Raiders did very well in them. I know the last couple seasons they've been doing a lot better in those games. But still, why have a 10 a.m. kickoff if you can have an afternoon kickoff, right? That's what I'm talking about. So good to see that the NFL is noticing that that game against the Raiders and, and Chiefs coming up on December 1st could be a major game. And they decided they wanted to put it on TV where more eyeballs will see it. So I'm not mad at that at all, ever. Matter of fact, never mad at that. 
Also, another piece of news that I wanted to give you, and, you know, pro football focus, I talk about it every once in a while. I reference it on the show every once in a while. I always tell you it's not the end-all, be-all when it comes to stats, but every once in a while I like to point out what they have going on or what the numbers they have say about Raider performances. And, you know, again, they are not the end-all, be-all, but I did think it was kind of cool when I saw that two members of the Silver and Black were placed on pro football Focus's Week 11 Team of the Week with elite 90-plus grades. Mad Max Crosby was the first one, and this is what Pro Football Focus had to say about him. Mad Max Crosby put on a fireworks show against Cincinnati this week. The rookie Eastern Michigan product recorded eight total pressures, including four sacks, en route to a 90.9 pass rush grade. Pretty stinking good, ain't it? Yes, it is. Next up was Trayvon Mullen, and here's what Pro Football Focus had to say about him. Mullen allowed just four receptions from seven targets for 17 yards against Cincinnati on Sunday. He also recorded three defensive stops, one interception, and a pass breakup for a 91.5 overall grade. So Mad Max Crosby and Trayvon Mullen were placed on Pro Football Focus's Week 11 Team of the Week with elite 90-plus grades. Again, I never say that Pro Football Focus is the end-all, be-all, but just thought that that was kind of cool. Thought I'd bring that to the table. Coming up in segment number two, John Gruden, he met with the media on Monday, uh, talked all things about the game with the Bengals, talked about Preston Brown, Dwayne Harris, talked about some other players like Deion Jordan. I broke it down and bring you all the stuff that I found to be pretty interesting and good stuff. That's all coming up in segment number two of the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Tuesday, November 19th, 2019. Flying through the month of November, staring December straight in the face pretty soon. We're going to be talking about 2020, which is absolutely ridiculous. Don't want to get through the year too quickly. I'm looking forward to that December 15th tailgate party at the Oakland Coliseum, but then I'm dreading it too because then I know like, hell, it's already December 15th by the time I get there. So I kind of want time to slow down, but then again, I kind of want everything to hurry up because I want to get out there and I know it's going to be a great time. So I definitely look forward to that. But Right now, first thing first, let's talk about what John Gruden had to say. Had his media session on Monday, talked about the game against the Bengals, talked about certain players, rookie class, talked about Deion Jordan, talked about a whole lot of things. So I'm going to go ahead and bring you my little breakdown of John Gruden's media session. I've been doing this the last few weeks, and I think it's been a more effective way to hear what the coach has to say instead of just playing the whole thing. Now, I already said and already spoke on the fact that the Raiders signed linebacker Preston Brown. That was in segment number one, kind of played that for you already. I have the opening statement of Dwayne Harris going on IR and the signing of Preston Brown, but I don't think that that's real important. I don't think that that's something that I just have to play. I mean, you get it. Dwayne Harris is on IR. Preston Brown is now a member of the Silver and Black, and you already heard what John Gruden thinks that they can get from Preston Brown, what he brings to the table. So I'm not going to, I'm just going to go ahead and skip over that because, well, like I said, I feel like that I'll be just a little redundant. Already did that in segment number one. So now the Raiders are on a three-game winning streak right now. They went from beating the Lions to going to play on Thursday night, playing the Chargers. They beat them, going to play on uh, on Sunday against the Bengals and got a victory over them. They're on a three-game winning streak. And look, this is a relatively young team. So there was a really good question asked to John Gruden about how do things change? You know, how is the mindset? What do you think about when you know that your team is trying to learn how to win? When you know it's a young team and they're really trying to learn how to win and sometimes things, like on Sunday, aren't going the way that you want it to go. How do you get this team to stay focused? How do you get this team to be able to figure out how to finish games, win games, when things aren't going necessarily the way you want them to go? Yeah, that's, uh, that's an awful deep philosophical way of putting things. For me, I'm a pretty shallow guy, but... You know, it was different. You know, you're on national television. It's a night game, Thursday night. Now it's a hot day. It's 1 o'clock. It's different. Uh, It's never the same. 
Um, you know, you're playing a team that's a bit of a mystery, the Bengals. They have a new quarterback. Um, their defense, although they had a struggle against the Ravens, everybody struggles against the Ravens. And when you study Cincinnati's defense, you know, they're playing against uh, the Ravens twice. They're playing against Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, quarterbacks that run around. And they're not going to defend us the way they defend them. So we're not quite sure how they're going to play against us. So there was a lot of adjustments. Um, but I think our team was emotionally ready to go, no doubt. They had a great week of practice. And uh, I knew that we were going to get the Bengals' best shot. You know, Paul Gunther was a defensive coordinator, and uh, he knows Dunlap, he knows Geno Atkins, and he knows Williams and Will Jackson. And I could tell in pregame warm-up they were ready to roll. So you got to be ready in this league, as you know. And um, you got to be ready to adapt and adjust. And uh, we've been able to do that at a pretty good rate. Yeah, you have to give them credit. You know, again, I said it multiple times that that game on Sunday, the way it was ugly and it didn't just, it wasn't fluid and it wasn't a, a good rhythm for the Raiders offensively. Normally, the Raiders find a way to lose a game like that, but they found a way to win it. They, they never got behind. They never were, well, after they were caught up, <laughs> they were down 7 nothing to begin the game, but uh, they never gave up the lead again, you know, and so they were able to find a way to win that game. And that was, that was very important. One of the big notes that came out of the game on Sunday against the Bengals was obviously the pass rush. The fact that Mad Max Crosby came up with four sacks. Deion Jordan was able to come up with a sack. They had five sacks all altogether. They had some sacks against the Chargers on Thursday. We were able to get Matt Stafford uh, the week before that. So uh, John Gruden was asked, how does he feel? What, how does he know that his team is going to continue to have that strong pass rush? Why does he believe that that's going to continue to happen? Yeah, you know, like we said last year, we were 4-12. and We didn't have a lead a lot in the fourth quarter. You know, when you don't have a lead, you can you can ask around the league. You don't get the rush. You know, the other team's in the four-minute drill, and they're running the ball and running out the clock. But, you know, the other night, Phillip Rivers, we knew he had to throw it, so you're going to get a chance to rush. Uh, we knew they were going to throw it in Detroit, and uh, we get a chance to rush. And at the end of the game yesterday, you knew they had to throw it, so you get some opportunities to swing the bat. And um, we've been better against the run. And we've given ourselves more third down opportunities than we did a year ago. So uh, with that being said, I think that has something to do with it. And we're much improved. And we've got better rushers. And um, we're getting better results. They definitely are getting better results. That's a great thing. They definitely have better pass rushes. Very excited about that. But something I've noted a couple times now is I'm not too excited. I'm not too thrilled about the way that they've been giving up the, the rush. You know, he said his, his rush defense is a lot better than it was. Well, it was a lot better earlier in the season. But, again, on Sunday against the Bengals, man, you give up 173 yards. That is cause for concern. Think about this. Like he just said, putting them in a one-dimensional situation. If you can shut down the run, then all of a sudden they have to throw the ball more. They have to drop back, and that gives your pass rushers more of an opportunity. So I would think that the more you concentrate on shutting down the run, you're actually giving the, the, your pass rushers a better opportunity to get home by making these guys, forcing the other team to throw the ball. But as of late, man, they haven't really shut down the run. And like I said, to me, that is kind of concerning, especially coming up on Sunday. You got a game against Le'Veon Bell who, no, he's not vintage Le'Veon Bell, but hell, he's still Le'Veon Bell and can still get things going. So, continuing with the success from Sunday, to still continuing with the, the sacks that happened on Sunday from Mad Max Crosby, John Gruden was asked, how big is it for Raiders rookies to go out there and make those plays, have success like Max Crosby did, have that success like Trayvon Mullen picking up that interception to, to end the game? How big is that for their confidence and, and helping them play better when they do have that confidence behind them? That's big. I mean, uh, success is a great confidence builder. And when you can uh, have success and win, 
as a rookie in this league, it goes a long way. You know, sometimes it takes two or three years for that to happen uh, for a young player in particular. Some guys don't get to play until their second or third season. But we're getting a lot of production. It's been pretty well documented from our rookie class. And um, we're going to continue to raise the bar for them. And for Raider fans out there, we do have five of the top 90 picks next year. We plan on adding five more uh, really good players next year. So that's the exciting thing. And it's a credit to all the players and coaches. They work well together. Yeah, man, you know, I don't think it goes unnoticed. I think that really Brinson Buckner, we talked about it a lot in the offseason. We talked about it a lot leading up to the season. Thought Brinson Buckner was going to be a key cog for that defensive line. Thought it was really going to help them out in their confidence. I think it's done a world of, of, of good and having Brenton Buckner as the defensive line coach. I think he's done a great job with Mad Max Crosby, with Cleve Farrell, with all the guys, Jonathan Hankins, P.J. Hall, all those guys on the defensive line, Benson Mayoa. I really think he just kind of brought that dog mentality to him and that has helped out in a major way. And, of course, like you said, uh, the rookies getting along with the coaches and being able to be coached up by them instead of being veterans that are kind of stuck in their ways, that also helps in a major way. And you heard of him talk about some guys don't even play till their their second year. And you know, there's always been the 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 narrative with John Gruden that he doesn't like to play rookies. He doesn't like to play young guys. He only wants to play veterans. Hell, I think I've even said that before, just because of what his past history is that he's had a lot of veterans on his team, including last year with the Raiders. So one of the questions was asked to John, and I thought this was a really really good question, and I thought that the answer was even better because it almost it sounded like it almost irked him. Like he almost got that little uh, in his neck. You know, that, la- that vein that pops up in your neck when you're irritated? Or me, I get that vein on the side of my forehead. Or, yeah, the side of my head. It'll, it'll pop up and the wife will be like, uh-oh, you're pissed off. I'm like, why? Why do you know that? Well, because that vein's popped out on the side of your head. I feel like John Gruden had that vein pop up on the side of his head or vein pop out in his neck moment when was asked, did he have to change his mindset? You know, and does he have to... Did he have to change his philosophy to allow so many rookies to actually see action instead of veterans like he normally does? Love this answer right here from John Gruden. Here it is. Check it out. There's a lot of people out there that know that I like veteran players. I went to Tampa Bay. We didn't have a first-round pick or a second-round pick the first two years I got there. Uh, when I got here in 1998, we drafted pretty good. We had John Ritchie and Charles Woodson, and two punters, a punter, a kicker. We had Mo Collins and Stinchcomb. We had a lot of guys come in and play as rookies. Um when we got here, we felt we needed to fix this roster, change the dynamic of the roster, become a 4-3 team. We had a lot of veteran players in the last year of their contract. We needed to needed to draft. We needed to bring in some young people and correct our salary cap and do a lot of things. But um, I've always taken pride in, in developing players no matter who they are, guys that, that come in week 10 uh, or guys that come in through the draft. And that's just what teaching and coaching is all about. And um, taking a lot of pride over the years in hiring coaches that are the best, that have a similar uh, interest in um, not really worrying about fourth-rounders or seventh-rounders or 37-year-olds or 17-year-old, 26-year-old guys. Just play the best player and coach the guys that have earned the right. And that's kind of the, uh, the flag that we wave here. So see what I'm saying? He kind of answered that question where he was a little irritated, almost like he was tired of hearing that question. But at the same time, he realized and recognized that it was a good one and he had a good answer for it. So I I thought it was a very fair question and I I thought the answer was great, you know? And I think that's the mentality you got to have. The best 53 players need to be out there playing. The best guys that can get it done need to be out there, whether they're young or veterans. It really doesn't matter as long as they're getting after what they're supposed to be doing and doing what they do on the field. But yeah, just... Kind of love that that answer, and I swear when I'm, I'm listening to it and I was even watching the video, I was just waiting to see just a vein pop out of somewhere, just kind of have him on edge a little bit. But again, 
it's okay. Not mad at that at all. One guy that was added to the roster not too long ago was Deion Jordan. He's a guy that I've kind of questioned, not too sure what he's going to bring to the table, not sure uh, how long he's going to last with the Raiders. He's basically been a bust since he's been in the NFL. Had a nice little kind of small stint in Seattle for a couple seasons. I think he picked up, what, five and a half sacks over a couple seasons. That's cool. He did pick up a sack on Sunday, so that's good. But John Gruden was asked, you know, what did you think of Deion Jordan? How did he do on Sunday making his Raider debut? They're pretty good. I mean, uh, we asked him to go inside and rush. You know, we're trying to keep Farrell and Max and Mayoa outside, and Deion gives us another guy with length that can go inside on the guards and give us some athleticism and some chase down ability. And I think he showed he still can do that. We got to keep working him back into football shape and, and um, you know, try to get him some more turns. Now, what I like there when he was talking about what Deion Jordan did, I love the fact that he said he wants to try to keep him in the middle and allow Max, Max Crosby and Cleve Farrell to be on the outside because Cleve Farrell's a guy who, one, has caught a lot of hell, has caught a lot of hell from Raider fans because they hadn't lived up to the number four overall pick. I get that. But he hasn't had a steady position. So if Deion Jordan, at the very least, if he can get in there and play inside and allow Cleve Farrell just to stay on the outside and have what John Gruden calls at-bats, have more at-bats trying to get at the quarterback, I think we see a lot more production out of Cleve Farrell. That's what I'm excited about. So if Deion Jordan can help that out, help out that rotation in the middle where Cleve Farrell doesn't have to do that, that's a win in my in my book. I don't care if Deion Jordan doesn't pick up a sack, an, another sack the rest of his Raider career. If he can help allow Cleve Farrell to stay in the same spot, I think that that's a win. So that is actually pretty exciting for me as long as they keep doing that moving forward. Another young guy who's really performed at a high level, talked about him on Monday, fullback Alec Ingold. And I always talk about that fullback dive, third and one, fourth and one. You know what's coming. It happened again on Sunday, and Alec Ingold's been money. He's been able to pick that up each and every time. So John Gruden was asked about the trust in Alec Ingold. How did you able, how were you able to trust him so quickly and allow him to, to go ahead and, and take over that fullback role and play such a major part and go after those third and ones, those fourth and ones, and pick them up like he does each and every time? Well, Ingold has to do a lot. He's got to be able to catch it. He's got to be able to run it. He's got to be able to be an escort. And um, I don't know. I don't know all the other fullbacks in the league. I don't think a lot of teams use them. I know New England has a great fullback, Devlin. I haven't seen New England on our film much this year. But if there's a better fullback in the league right now, I'd sure like to see him. Uh, he can run it. He can catch it. And he can certainly escort. And uh, he can line up in a couple different positions, so he has some versatility. I think that combination helps us in short yardage. I think the game plan from our staff has been pretty good. Um, we've thrown it. We've run it. We've taken some shots. And, uh, you know, the great short yardage teams that I know, uh, you know we're running it. They know we're running it. And everybody knows we're running it. And we can still find a way to get that one yard. And it's a credit to the offensive line, certainly. And the tight ends and the entire uh, group. And just got two more quotes from you. I thought that that was pretty good telling of Alec Ingold and his work ethic. And I'll tell you, if you go back and look at, at Senior Bowl and some of the Senior Bowl practices and even look at the Senior Bowl game when, you know, the Raiders, their coaching staff was putting stickers, Raiders stickers on, on helmets. If you go back and see the interactions between John Gruden and Alec Ingold, you could totally see why he's on the roster. I mean, John Gruden fell in love with Alec Ingold at the Senior Bowl. No doubt about it. Go ahead and check the film and uh, get back to me and let me know what you think on that. Got a couple more quotes for you real quick about the rookies. And one question was a pretty good one, I thought, about, you know, is he trying not to put too much on the rookie's plate? Or does he go through his mind that, hey, they're still rookies, I don't want to put too much on their plate? Or is he trying to put more on their plate? What was John Gruden's thoughts on on how much do you feed, how much do you expect out of the rookies? We try to put more on them every week. You know, the game plans are very long and extensive. We're not limiting anything. I think that's the key for their development. 
You know, even Darren Waller ran two routes yesterday I've never seen him run before. A little option route in the fourth quarter. He ran a little option route in the red zone. Um, you know, you got to keep you got to keep um, uh, challenging these guys, giving them more and more things to learn and do and experience. And man, have they responded? And a big part of that is their talent level uh, and and also their um, their passion to do it. And uh, it's fun to come to work with guys like that. And, you know, the funny thing is every single season you feel like you hear rookies that are playing really, really well, and then at some point in the season, usually after game 10, maybe game 11, you start to hear about, oh, that guy's hitting the rookie wall. Because, look, now they're going to a 16-game regular season where uh, most rookies don't play that. Most, most people coming out of college, even though, I mean, guys that go from, like, Clemson or Alabama, they're used to playing long seasons because they're in the postseason. They're playing uh, playoff games. They're in national championship games. But not all teams do that. Not a Max Crosby who went to Eastern Michigan. You know, he goes to a bowl game. So that's what, one extra game? You know what I mean? So so think about that. You know, you might play in a championship game and then maybe a bowl game. Who knows? But it's, it's not a whole lot. So a lot of times, you know, these guys are now playing extra games. And so the, the, the question is always like, how do you navigate so they don't hit the that rookie wall? That's always the term that you never want to hear. That rookie hit the rookie wall. Like Josh Jacobs, for example. Let me use him as an example. He's actually had more carries this season already than he had his last two seasons at Alabama. He's already had more touches. So that lets you know he's being used a lot more than he was in Alabama when he was not the, the feature back. You know, he, he was not a guy that was uh, the feature back. He wasn't out there all the time. There was a nice heavy rotation of players, so he didn't have to carry the rock as much. But when he did, he was effective. So, you know, guys like him, guys like Max Crosby, guys like Cleve Farrell, you know, are, are these guys, Trayvon Mullins, are these guys going to hit, you know, that rookie wall? And uh, John Gruden was asked about that. You know, is he concerned about that rookie wall? And has he thought about, you know, even kind of navigating them and, and, and taking a few carries away from Jacobs or or playing them a little bit less so they don't hit that rookie wall. What did you say? I can't. No, I'm not going to even bring that up. I don't want to get that uh, thought out there. You know, hey, you know, look, look at me, guys. I'm tired. My eyes are uh, dro- droopy here. Uh, we got to we got to play harder. We got to prepare better. We got to be smart as coaches, and we have been with how we practice. We'll be very cautious of that, but. Um, you know, this is pro football. This is this is what you live for. You know, games that that, that are relative in November and December, and uh, who knows how we'll do. But at least we put ourselves in position to uh, to be here. Exactly right. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not a guy that believes in the rookie wall. I know that it you know it exists, but I look at it like this. Look, man, you've been working your whole life to get to the pro football uh, level. You finally make it to the NFL. Just go out. Just go all out. You know, give it everything you got. You have to condition yourself going in. You got to be smart about things. You can't act like you're a college kid anymore because now you're getting paid. This is your job. So now you got to recognize that, hey, it's not just this little small chunk and then boom, we're good. No, this is the NFL. You're a pro now. Like a guy like Josh Jacobs, who I was just talking about, he never wants to come off the field. He never, ever wants to come off the field. They were talking about that in the broadcast on Sunday. Like, he never, ever wants to come off the field. I know they have a he has a hell of a rotation with Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington, but Josh Jacobs never, ever wants to come off the field, and that's good. That's what you want him to have. You want him to stay fresh, but at the same time, you just can't say, well, okay, you're a rookie, so I guess your season's over now. I, mean, I remember, you know, when Amari Cooper was a rookie, he kind of hit that wall. He got a little banged up and injured, but he also hit that wall. You know, started out really fast and then faded towards the end. This is part of the rookie's job. 
is to maintain and, and continue to do what they do. And, you know, having that passion for the game, that love for the game, and that want to be successful and great, that's going to help them get over the, that rookie wall. And again, I mentioned before, guys that, that played at Clemson, guys that played at Alabama, guys that play at programs that go deep into the, the playoffs and, and get to the national championship, you know, they, they play extra games. They, they already know about that. They're already built like that. So it's other guys that go to smaller schools that, that may not, you know, play more than a, a small bowl game or may not even make a bowl game. They're the ones that you really have to worry about. But I'm not worried about Jacobs. I'm not worried about Cleve Farrell. Not worried about Trayvon Mullen. Not worried about any of those cats, especially a guy like Trayvon Mullen. He didn't start. He hasn't started all season long. So, you know, he's he's just basically getting his burn anyway. So I think that they'll be fine. But it is something worth talking about. So I thought that that was a good question. So that's all I got for you from John Gruden's presser, his media session. I just broke it down and brought you the stuff that I thought was important, thought that you'd like to hear. And uh, hopefully you enjoy me breaking it down like that instead of just playing the whole thing. Coming up in segment number three, your call straight out the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Raider Nation, here we are, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. It is your time to shine. Your time off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. You called in at 707-654-4693. And now I run it back, talk about your calls and all that good stuff and got a lot to get to. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. First off, Devin from Oakland. He's calling out the 510 and he's a new booty. Calling in to talk about Jalen Richard and the reason he thinks he's been in the game late as opposed to Josh Jacobs. Here is Devin from Oakland. This is his theory. What's up, Q, man? This is Devin coming from the Oakland 510, sir. Hey, man, love your show. I'm a new booty, bruh, so uh, go easy on me. Yo, bruh, um, I'm just happy to see these guys playing good football. Um, wanted to talk about the fact of what everybody's been mentioning here on on your podcast about Jalen Richard being, you know, um, in the backfield on third downs. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that he knows the playbook. Um, he knows what uh, Derek Carr and John Gruden are trying to accomplish on third down, and in most cases that is to pass the ball. Uh, man, what I would love to see, though, I would love to see Josh Jacobs and Jalen Richard both in the backfield at the same time. Want to feel, or actually want to hear how Raider Nation feels about that, how you feel about that. Is that something that we can see later in the year? You know, they say, um, you know, the first eight weeks um, you run an offense. The next eight weeks you run a different offense. Or you run something a little bit more. We open the play up, playbook up a little bit more. So tell me what you guys think about that. Once again, thanks for taking my call, bro. Love your podcast. Keep up the fire and the passion that you have for our Raiders, bro. Take it easy. Good call, my man. Welcome to the fam. Appreciate the call. No doubt about it. And, you know, your, your thought could be part of the deal. Uh, like I mentioned in segment number two, I know Josh Jacobs never wants to come off the field. He never wants to come off. He, uh, Like I said, he actually has carried the ball and touched the ball more than he did the last two seasons at Alabama. So I think they're trying to be smart with him as well. I just prefer to see Jacobs in the game over Richard. DeAndre Washington, I feel a little bit more comfortable with him, but I get nervous, man. I'll tell you, that, especially that last run that Richard had and he got hit real hard, all I could see is the ball just popping out. Right before they kicked that field goal, no, I think they punted. Yeah, they punted on that. They 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 could have got in, gone for a long field goal, but they didn't. They ended up punting. But either way, I just thought I saw, was going to see that ball just pop out. I am just so nervous when I see Jalen Richard carry the ball. He just His ball security is not very good, but... Uh, that's that's just me. So a uh, good call right there. I'm not really a big fan of seeing Richard and Jacobs in the backfield. If I'm going to see two guys back there, let it be Jacobs and let it be Ingold. 
Or let it be Jacobs and, you know, like Trevor Davis. They've done that a couple times. That was creative. I like that. Do something like that. Get a little creative like that. But I'm not a big fan of Josh Jacobs and Jalen Richard in the backfield at the same time. But thank you so much for that call. Now let's keep it in the 510. Let's keep it in Oakland. Renee in the town. He's calling in to talk about the recent three-game win streak and the fact they won the homestand. Plus, talks about the rookie class that the team has put together. Here he is, Renee, calling out the town. Hey, what's up, Raider Nation? This is Renee in the town. Oh, my God, what a homestand. 3-0, and I don't think you can ask for anything better than that. Like Al used to say, just win, baby. Yeah, yeah, I know. Our average margin of victory for the last three games was under a touchdown. It does not matter. Just keep stacking wins. This rookie class is unbelievable. When was the last time you had a team with five, six rookies contributing? On this homestand alone, they've just been unbelievable. They're the, the big reason why we're 3-0. and Speaking of rookies, i got to congratulate Josh Jacobs. He went over 1,000 total yards this last game. Big up, C-Man. And, you gotta, and Josh Jacobs got a great chance to go over 1,000 yards in New York, 1,000 yards rushing. So, big up, man. Keep it going. It's a great time to be a Raider fan. I'm loving it. We're winning. they got a young core, and we have five picks in the top 100 going into the 2020 draft, maybe even one pick in the top 10. So that's exciting. But let's not talk about that just yet. We are on to New York next season, next game, and that's going to be a real tough test. Going over the East Coast is never fun, but we've gone off to London and won. So, Raiders, let's get this win in New York. All right, I'll leave you with a just win, baby. I'm out. Another call at the 510. I like that, man. Back-to-back calls from Oakland, and I thank you so much for that call. And, yeah, man, the rookies are shining. Talked about it on Monday show in, in great length, and it's it's funny, man. All, all the national media, I mean, almost everyone. And, look, I'm not trying to take any kind of credit. I'm not saying anything like that, but it's funny, man. All of a sudden, I do a show about the, the rookies, and I, I talk about the show or the rookies in a segment of the show. And, man, I swear, everywhere I looked on Twitter on Monday, it was all about the rookies. Again, had nothing to do with me. It was just, yeah, they're shining that much that everybody is talking about. It doesn't matter if they're writing about them, talking about them on, on a radio show, on a podcast. It doesn't matter. The rookies are getting nothing but talk about everywhere. And that's an awesome thing. They're, they're, they're contributing so much on the field. It's awesome. J- Josh Jacobs is less than 80 yards away from 1,000 on the season. Uh, obviously, there's a stingy run defense coming up next against the Jets, but we'll see what he has. We'll see what the O-line have. And and again, if he comes up with those 80-plus yards, if he gets over if he gets over 100 yards, I think there's no doubt that the Raiders win. I still think it's going to be a tough game because that run defense is really stingy of the Jets, but the Raiders are definitely going to have opportunities in this game to score points and win the game, but they got to go in there and they got to understand that the Jets aren't just going to roll over. They can't take them lightly like they took the Bengals if that was the case. Just like what the Jets did to the, the Cowboys when they visited them, they can embarrass them and send them back home with their, their tails between their legs. You don't want that. So uh, it should be an interesting game on Sunday. Next call comes from the 209. It's Raider Blind Rage. He's calling in to speak on the ugly win on Sunday. Has concerns about this week's game versus the Jets. He also would like to beat a team and beat them convincingly. Here he is, Raider Blind Rage in the 209. What up, YBQ? Since you like the acronyms, 
uh, you and uh, Gabriel were talking about that. By the way, I really enjoyed that interview with you and Chris Gabriel. And uh, the one you did previously, too, was really awesome. Oh, what an ugly win. Does anybody else uh, feel like they just ran, you know, a 10,000-mile marathon? Are you sick of yelling at your TV? Yeah, I've had a few beers, so excuse it. This is Raider Blind Rage, by the way. Um, yeah, well, let's look at it this way. Just win, baby, right? But I'm tired of just winning. When is it this team is going to beat and really beat teams? I know, I know, I know. Just take the win, and I am. I'm digesting it. But, um, you know, the Jets, uh, the J-E-T-S Jets, I think are a better team than Cincinnati. The record certainly shows it. So we're going to have to play better than that to beat them. Um, But, you know, let's look at another side of this. The Steelers lost. The Houston Texans lost. So that uh, bodes well for us. But we need to keep, uh, keep taking care of our business, and we barely took care of business today. But again, we'll take it. Peace out, Raider Nation. I'm with you. I mean, I'm with you 100%. Thank you for the call again. Appreciate that. But I'm with you. I would love to see a beatdown. Look, I predicted 31-10 would have been the score on Sunday's game against the Bengals. I was anticipating the Raiders having that beatdown. The offense just be clicking and, and be in a good rhythm, and it really wasn't. Now, I'm happy and satisfied with wins. I am, and that's what I talked about last week when I kind of went on a rant and said, you know, what kind of fan base are we when we're complaining about the style that we win? Yes, I would love to see a just stomp on their neck and convincing win. I'm with you 100%. But I ultimately know, just like you did in the calls, I know that, hey, a win is a win, and three weeks from now, nobody's going to care what the win looked like. All that's going to matter is that it's a W. But, yeah, it would be nice to see them have a convincing win where it wasn't a heart attack at the end, right, where I didn't have to go take a shot. <laughs> take a shot at something, man. I I, I got reduced to, to Hennessy on Sunday. You know, that could be a bad, bad combination if you get a 43-year-old man and some hen dog. <laughs> you know, luckily I was in a good mood because they won, but can you imagine drinking some hen dog and then all of a sudden them losing and me being in a mad, bad mood? Man, it could have got bad, but it, it didn't, but still, it could have. <laughs> so thank you so much for that call. Totally understand where you're coming from. Next call comes from my guy, Oak Triz. He's a serviceman from D.C. Calling in to talk about the win, how it happened, Trayvon Mullen, Max Crosby, and this week's upcoming game with the Jets. Here he is, Oak Triz, the big serviceman from D.C. Raiders! Hey, what's up? This is Oak Triz, service member out of D.C. So what a better week uh, than the salute to the troops than to get a win, you know, as a service member and from my Oakland Raiders. Q, I hit you up on Twitter. You called that Trayvon Mullen pick. Um, I thought the one he almost had uh, was going to be the one. And then I was like, oh, man, you just you just can't catch a break with the predicting that Trayvon Mullen pick. But he got it in the end. Crazy enough, I didn't see it. Little man accidentally changed the channel. But he's a toddler, he's two, and he's a Raider fan. So, you know, got to love him. Anyways, I'm out here in D.C., like I said earlier in the preseason, and uh, I'm going to be catching that Jets game next week. So uh, any one of you that listen to the podcast want to catch me, the wife, the toddler, in the New York area, East Rutherford, I'll be there. Till then, great win. Defense really showed up. Max Crosby, dude is a beast. Well worth the pick. And uh, 
you know, looking to get to seven and four before a big week against KC. All right. Much love, Raider Nation. Much love to the Locked In Podcast. And much love, Q. Love you, man. Take care. Raider. Oak Triz out. Salutes to you, my man. Thank you for your service. Thank you for all you do, you and your family. And, yeah, man, it's always great to get a win. It's especially nice on a Salute to Service Week, right? Yeah. Anyone going to the game, you got to let him know. He's going to be out there with the wife and his little ones, so definitely make sure to hit up Oak Triz. Again, thank you for your service out there in D.C. and wherever your service may take you, because I know that that's not guaranteed to be the only place you're at. So shout out to you, and uh, again, I say it all the time, we cannot thank you enough for all that you do. You allow knuckleheads like me to do what I do every single day. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you. Raider Nation, appreciate you. Next up, Nico in North Jersey. He's calling to break down the game on Sunday, talk about the play of D.C the play of the rookies and how they showed out. Here he is, Nico in North Jersey. Yo, Q, Raider Nation. This is your boy Nico from North Jersey. Uh, yesterday, baby, Sunday, we got that much-expected W. We moved to 6-4. and four. Uh, The Bears lose. It was a good day for us. Uh, I know everyone's going to complain. You know, they're going to call and complain that we didn't dominate a team that we should have. Uh, in my opinion, a win is a win. You know, you don't get more wins in the win column for a larger victory. Um, so, so that's all i got to say about that. Let's talk about the game real quick. DC4, you know, he continues his great play. He's a passing touchdown, rushing touch, rushing touchdown on a great play. You know, he extended that. He willed his way into the end zone, dived over, protected the ball, got the touchdown. Um, only four incompletions on the day. 300 yards, nearly. Uh, you know, out of his four incompletions, one was a throwaway. That doesn't really count. One was a clear drop by Waller in the end zone. And then, yeah, the one was the pick. I know you guys are going to call and talk about the pick. How about we give the defensive backs some props? He read it. He broke. He made a great play. I mean, that was just a great play by the defensive back. Now, let's not overshadow this game because of that one pick. Let's talk about these rookies, man. This is the rookie game for me. I'm, I'm going to call this game the rookie game. A bunch of the rookies showed out. Now, let's start with Hunter Renfro. Five catches, 66 yards. Nice day for him. Josh Jacobs, over 100 yards rushing. Foster Moreau, a touchdown catch. Trayvon Mullen, game-winning interception. Q, you called it. He was going to get a pick today. He should have had a pick six, but he had a game-winning interception to end the game. And how can we forget? Max. Mad Max Crosby, four sacks, four sacks on the day. One was a strip sack on the first drive. He's playing his ass off. He is quickly becoming the best player on this defense. And I'm telling you, he has to be the steal of the draft. Has to be. Four sacks. Oh, my God. He, he got five and a half, on, uh, six and a half on the season. Guess who, that, guess, who has, guess who that has more sacks than? We won't talk about him, but he plays for Chicago, who took the L. And that guy, he was non-existent last night. So let's think a little bit more about that trade. Q, again, 6-4, and four, what we need to do. We need to get the W. I don't care. Win is a win. Never apologize for a win in this league. That's what Jack Del Rio instilled in this team a few years back. A dub is a dub. Let's go on to New Jersey and beat the Jets. Go to 7-4 and four for a big showdown with Kansas City. Let's go, boys. Great points, my man. DC, in my opinion, had a damn good game. Yes, I know he had that interception, but that was a hell of a play. You mentioned it. That was a hell of a play. I'm not mad at that. That safety just jumped that route. And look, if he doesn't go that direction and Derek Carr ends up going another direction with the ball and that safety anticipated he was going to Hunter Renfro and tried to jump it like that, uh, that's an easy touchdown. That would have been a touchdown if DC had gone the other way because there was no safety uh, behind him. He he went all in on knowing where that ball was going to go, and he just happened to guess right. Now, next time, DC will probably learn from that and say, you know what? I'm not going to be so obvious and, and so locked in on one guy. I can go in another direction, and, and boom, there goes a big-time play. So, uh, yeah, I think he did did a great job. The rookies are shining. We talked about that multiple times. Mad Max Crosby's balling, balling out of control. Uh, really good call. Definitely appreciate that. 
Next up, Vader Raider in the 303. He's calling about the win and coining it a trap game for the Raiders, and he explains why. Here he is, Vader Raider in the 303. What's up, Q? What's up, Raider Nation? Vader Raider in the 303. And uh, just want to, uh, you know, congratulate everybody and the team on a win yesterday. Even though a win is a win, this win was, I believe, and I'm going to go out and say it, I believe it was a trap game. And I believe it's a trap game because, quite honestly, you know, the Raiders could have lost this game easily. And that, that's kind of the sad fact here, is this game was a losable game, but it was also a winnable game. You know, Josh and Derek both had mistakes, but you know what? I'm willing to let that go because you got to win. I want to say that, you know, Raider Nation, this is just one of those games that we kind of just go, you know, you shrug your shoulders and say, hey, we got it. <laughs> you know, I'm sure it wasn't exciting for the fans very much, you know, and I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure the, I'm sure the Raiders were like, you know what, when are we going to put this team away? When are we going to actually, you know, get up on this team and start putting the foot on? But it never really happened. You know, they hung around, and what are you going to do? I mean, like I said before, a win is a win. I want to really give props to Mad Max. Mad Max, you are making us forget about that guy that left a couple years ago that was traded. Right now, the fact that Mad Max has more sacks than him makes me smile. And the fact that the Bears just keep losing also makes me smile because that. <laughs> that draft pick is getting sweeter and sweeter by the week. All right, Raider Nation. Well, you know what? It's on to the Jets. Like I said, I thought this was a trap game, but I really wholeheartedly believe that it was. And I expect our boys to come out very focused and uh, very on point next weekend. So enjoy the week, Raider Nation. Raider, Raider. Out. Yeah, man. Either way, it was a win. And years past, fans have seen the Raiders lose a game like that, right? Yeah, well, on Sunday, they found a way to win, and that's why I say I'll take it because, again, the Raiders have been too many times on the wrong end of an ugly win and end up talking about an ugly loss. And I'd much rather talk about an ugly win and how that's a great thing than an ugly loss. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, that's an improvement. That shows you that a team doesn't have to have the greatest ideal situations and, and all that to be able to win this game. It's funny, man. Right now while I'm talking, I'm looking into this microphone, and there is like a gnat flying around the, the top of it. Oh, it, just, oh, it got me. I was worried. I was like, man, this thing's going to get me like right while I'm in the middle of talking. And, it got me twice. Hold on. <laughs> oh, my God. I just knew that damn thing was going to get me. I did. I kept seeing it in the, in the like, corner of my eye. I saw this gnat flying around. Anyway, the first time it got me, it hit me in the nose. And that's when I first made the first whatever. And so while I'm explaining what just happened, it got me in the mouth. But I think I killed it. So I don't know where it's at right now. I currently don't. I'm looking around the room. This sucks. I'm scared to talk because <laughs> I know this stupid gnat's around unless I killed it. Anyway, let's go ahead and hurry up and get through this so I ain't got to worry about that. Next call, California Dave calling out of West Tennessee. He's calling in real briefly to speak on the game, adversity, little Q's trip to UTEP today in D.C. Here he is, California Dave calling out of West Tennessee. Q Nation, California Dave calling out of West Tennessee, y'all. How's everybody been? Uh, Q, really appreciate you doing that one episode on adversity, uh, uh, you know, way I look at it. Heck, this weekend's game, we faced adversity and overcame it. You know, our two strengths, 
Run defense, run game. Pretty subpar. They still found a way to win. Uh, main reason that I called was, man, good luck with you and I guess your baby Big Q or, you know, good luck on all that. And, uh, everybody's chiming in about Derek Carr being a game manager and this and that. Well, yeah, sure. He's managing to win games and that's all we can ask. All right, nation. Peace out, y'all. Later. Hey, thank you so much for that, man. That's love. Uh, I talked about at the top of the show. A lot of people have been reaching out by way of Twitter uh, saying congratulations and hope all goes well with little Q. But that's real cool, man. I appreciate you taking that time out to, you know, to, to call in and, and wish them the best. I, I think that that's stinking so awesome, man. And like I said, this is always one big family. So he might be my little Q, but he's everyone's little Q as well. So he don't know how many how many uh, brothers and sisters he has, but he has a whole lot of uncles or nieces, nephews, whatever. He's got a lot of family because because uh, of this great locked on Raiders family. So thank you, uh, thank you very much for that. And that su- subject that you gave me about adversity and everything that was a really good one, man. That was to be honest, that was the uh, most downloaded show in the month of November so far. Yeah, it was the, mo- it was the most downloaded show. I think over 10,000 downloads of that show alone. So thank you so much for that. That, w- that was your suggestion. I just rolled with it. So thanks again, California Dave, calling out of West Tennessee. I appreciate that. Final call, still looking for this damn gnat. <laughs> Nick from Southern Cal. He's calling in to talk about the game and the fact that he didn't get to watch the game, but instead he had to listen to it on the radio. He's also talking about the win, the defense in particular. Here he is, Nick from Southern Cal. What up, Q? What up, Raider Nation? This is Nick from SoCal, just calling in about uh, Sunday's game against the Bengals. Um, I didn't get to watch because I was down in my grandma's house, had to do some garden work for her. She can't get out there no more, so I got to go do that for her. So uh, I was out there, but I was listening to it on the radio. Um, and I think it was uh, Art from Orange County had said something about how bad Brett Musburger was. I didn't know because I hadn't listened to a game on the radio this year, but, man, he was right. Brett Musburger is really bad at calling games on the radio. Uh, there was a couple of times he was calling uh, Finley Tyler Eifert he said Eifert with the drop back and throws the Eifert. I was like, man, that's bad. You got to, you got to do better than that. I feel bad for Lincoln Kennedy, man. Um, <laughs> going from working with Greg Papa to working with Brett Musburger, it's, it's a, it's a big fall off. Uh, shout out to Greg Papa. We miss you, man. Um, but yeah, on to the game. Uh, a win is a win, man. You, you got to take them how you can get them in this league. I really like the fact that the defense is stepping up. Um, Granted, it was against the rookie getting his second start, but, hey, man, um, that defensive line is starting to get some pressure. I like it. It's making a secondary play better. Um, I'm really excited about what we have at corner. Trayvon Mullen, he looks like he could be shut down, man. And then uh, even Isaiah Johnson, man, he had himself a nice little third down pass breakup. So I think we got uh, – I think the future is bright at corner, um, and that pass rush is looking good, man. Uh, Deion Jordan could keep, you know, getting better. He looked like he had uh, some nice rushes. I got to uh, watch some of the highlights, and he was doing some stuff, man. So I like the D-line. Um, I think they could do well. Offense didn't really play that well. I thought they were going to have a get-right game, but uh, they kind of didn't. Uh, that Josh Jacobs fumble really messed everything up, but we were able to bounce back from it. Um, I feel like they held back on offense a little bit. They didn't want to show too much against the Bengals, but – because it sounded like, uh, you know, Tyrell Williams was getting open, having his way with that secondary, and they just didn't go to it that often. Um, so I, I really uh, I really take this game with, like, a grain of salt. I, like I said, I don't think that showed the whole playbook. They were just trying to stay reserved and get out of there with the win, which they did. Um, so, yeah, man, on to the Jets. I think, uh, I think we got a good chance against the Jets if that defense can keep playing like they have been, man. 
Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. And lastly, I just listened to uh, Monday's podcast, and I just want to say uh, congratulations to your son, man, on that uh, getting that first visit. That's huge. UTEP is a good school, man. Uh, that's awesome, man. Love to hear that. Uh, congratulations to him. Congratulations to you. Uh, yeah, that's it, man. I'm out. Go Raiders. Yeah, man, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Back in the day when when uh, in the Bay Area they would have blackouts because the game wasn't sold out and you had to listen to it on the radio, that's one of the things that made me fall in love with the guy who Greg Papa is just with the way he was able to describe and be so good, man. It's almost like I would be sitting in my living room listening to it and I could see everything that was going on. That's what great play-by-play people do. They paint that picture. Oh, man, here comes that gnat again. Dang it. Anyway, they paint that picture where you, know, you just know that – everything that's going on that's just how good they are and that's that's who greg papa is definitely definitely miss that guy in a major way uh you know being the the voice of the raiders unfortunately he's across the bay with the 49ers but he's doing a heck of a job with them i hate to see it but yeah it's absolutely what's happening and uh thank you so much as well for that love going out to little q he makes me very proud every single day with the work he's doing on the court off the court and i'll even take it a step further raider nation only because we're family i'll even speak on it I mean, look, this is a young man, and I tell him all the time. I, I do. I let him know all the time that he's got to keep doing what's right. It's funny. Man, you, you know how you become your parents? You, you really do. I have so many tendencies that are, that are mom accused tendencies. I really do. I mean, and it's funny because when you're young, you always say, like, I ain't going to be like her. Or I'm not going to be like him. I'm not going to be like him. I'm going to be a cool dad. Or I'm a, you know what I mean? We always say that when we're young until we grow up and we're exactly like our parents. So I got so many tendencies that is like my mom, but I also have a lot of tendencies like my dad. And it's so funny because I always talk to, you know, anytime I talk to my boys, either Kimani or Keon, I always tell them, hey, keep doing what's right. Keep doing what's right. I'm very proud of you. And it's so funny. I emailed an interview that I I did with Christopher Gabriel the other day. I emailed that to my dad because he likes to hear these things every once in a while. And so he emailed me back and he was like, hey, I'm really proud of you. Keep doing what's right. And I was like, oh my God, I say that to my son all the time. You know what I mean? So it's it's so funny because he says that to me all the time. Hey, just keep doing what's right. Keep doing what's right. And he's always said that for years. You know, and so it just it's so funny, man, when you get older and you start to realize that, you know, the people that, that uh, you know, groomed you, that, that raised you, that, that that molded you into the person you are, that's who you become. And it's, it's so stinking cool. And so I'm just blessed that I had great parents, uh, Mama Q and, and my dad. They've done you know a great job. As far as I'm concerned, they did a great job. Now, you know, I've been a knucklehead here and there. But for the most part, I'm a pretty good dude. <laughs> you know, don't get in too much trouble or nothing. Got a big mouth, but who cares? But I'll tell you, man, uh, with, with uh, little Q living in Fresno and me living in Central Texas, it's hard. It, it, it's not easy, you know. And sometimes I get caught up in the emotions of not being with him because I really want to be with him all the time. I got to give his mom a lot of credit just because she's really helped keep him you know focus on just hoops hoops and 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 schoolwork and really not on girls and and everything else that that comes with it now look he's a young man good looking young man he's focused on girls as well but he's really been able to concentrate on basketball so I got to give her a lot of credit because it's not easy to be mom and dad and I can only do so much from a distance but at least I stay in his ear and everything so just to whenever I see what he's doing and see his grades and and all time and, and you know what I mean like it really makes me proud and I don't mean to go on some big rant about how great my son is, but I mean, I just, it is what it is. I'm proud of him, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> if I could talk about the Raiders coming up with an ugly win, I could sure talk about my son. So, you know, I just, just really proud of him knowing that he's overcoming adversity as well. Obviously, he'd love for me to be, you know, in his life every single day, but, um, you know, I am just from a distance. You know, he just, I know he'd love to, you know, be living with me, but that's not, you know, that's not the course of, of action right now. It's not what's going on right now, but either way, man, just, so proud of this young man. So I'm excited about going to El Paso later on today, checking out this basketball game. I've never been recruited for anything except for a job. 
I've been recruited to workplaces like this, like the Locked On Raiders podcast. I, I I didn't apply for this job. I was recruited to do it. But you know, for him to be recruited on and something as major as a, a basketball team and and get a scholarship to school, like that is awesome. That is awesome. So I, I don't know what you know what his future is going to hold, but I know as a junior and he's barely starting his junior year uh, basketball. He's uh you know already got that one offer, and I, and I'm assuming and Mama Q always tells me, oh he's got a lot more offers coming. You know he he's got a lot on the ball. He's got good things going. So I'm assuming that that's going to happen. But uh you know I just tell him enjoy the ride. Just enjoy the ride. Don't worry about too much of anything. Just go out and do you. Uh, play your games. Make sure your schoolwork is good and keep keep on keeping on. So uh, if you follow me on Twitter at your boy Q254, expect to see a lot of pictures tonight on Twitter. <laughs> I'm I'm telling you right now, if I could tweet about the Raiders, if I could tweet about things I got going on, please believe I'm gonna tweet about what my son has going on tonight in El Paso, and we'll be there a couple days. Get back to Central Texas on Thursday. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, I did successfully record the um, the the crossover edition interview. Uh, on, on uh, Monday night so that will come up on Wednesday's show on tomorrow's show and again I might have to change the recording a little bit you know the audio might sound a little bit differently because I'm recording from a hotel room but it's going to be all good so uh, until tomorrow until the crossover edition I'll be talking to John Butko Butchko <laughs> I knew it didn't sound right I was like Butchko it's not Butko it's Butchko anyway I talked to John Butchko from Locked On Raiders and actually he's from Gang Green Nation and I was going to tell him that that didn't exist but I said, oh, why the hell? I might as well just go ahead and get this uh, interview done and not worry about it. But anyway, uh, John Butchko, that, that'll be the guy I do the crossover edition with on Wednesday. So you'll hear that show. I've already recorded the interview. So anyway, I'm done talking. I'm done rambling. Enjoy your day. I'm going to enjoy my night with Little Q. And uh, you'll see me on Twitter at your boy Q254. And we'll talk again tomorrow. So until then, as always, Raider Nation, just win, baby.